Welcome in. It's the well-rested Real Kipper and Born show. Leaf edition. For the next two hours, it's Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, and Jen Rolnick. Wherever you're watching and listening, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. We're glad you're aboard. When you don't get us live, give us a download wherever you get your pod. That's easily the most notes I've ever seen you make on your paper. Well, you know, I said we were well-rested, and we are because we're coming off of a family day weekend. In which we all worked on Monday. (laughs) Yeah. Does it count, though? We did a Leaf game. Yeah. I just did an hour after the game. And they didn't even ask us for a post. It was great. We just watched hockey and talked about it a bit and left Kind of cool. That was nice. But do you not feel a little well-rested? Yeah, I feel good. No complaints here. Love it. Ready to rock. Anything what? exciting <laughs> for the weekend? Yeah. No. No. I mean, I went to the PWHL game on Friday. Yeah, how was that? It was good. Yeah. Really good crowd. People were fired up. But other than that, nothing. Literally nothing exciting. JB? Nothing? Uh, exciting? I Family day? You know, my life, I don't remember kids? anything. Yeah, I was around my kids a bit. <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I snuck up to Collingwood. Oh, oh nice. Beauty. Yeah. Uh you ski? No, no. Just I, 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 went, ski. Yeah. I went all Doug McLean pickleball. You Sunday. did? You played pickleball? First time. How was it? Well, I didn't really understand the rules, so okay. I'm okay. thinking I'm like a giant on a ping pong table yeah. smashing the ball over the net, and you can't in this area, you cannot smash it over the net. Oh. you got to be back off of uh, a you certain smash line. smash the back row? You can smash from the back row, but you can't move up within uh, like three feet of the net yeah. unless the ball drops first. Right. I didn't know that. People looked at me like I had three heads. Get him out of here. Just He's a goon. People. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, but it took me a while, but I, I got the hang of it. That's great. Is that in your future like Doug? Do you see yourself doing that? Um, I kind of got hooked a little bit, yeah. Oh, you liked it? I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. Uh, but, but you got to get a feel for the lighter racket, the lighter ball. You don't have yeah. to just placement more than power. So that's my... It's uh, the evolution of aging. You know that. Oh, I, I'm telling you I'm old right now. <laughs> but there, for sure. There, there is no comparison. Not in the dinosaur. <laughs> There's no comparison between, with fun between tennis and pickleball. Yeah. What do you mean? Tennis is so fun and way more fun. Have and you way played more, pickleball? Yeah, of course. Yeah, hey, listen, course. you could get I hurt haven't. in pickleball, too. You can snap yeah. an Achilles tendon very easily but, in that sport. Tennis is a lot of fun to play, but it's just it's just the progression of age where it's like you don't want to cover the full court and you want to stand there. And, yeah. and now there's pro leagues and it's on ESPN. So there pickleball. you go. I yeah. also um, went up. I got a buddy up there, um, Cammy, and I just want to tell this story to you because, Sammy, you probably appreciate Uh-oh. this. And uh, You're in my neck of the woods up there. Yeah. So... My buddy Cammy's not a golfer, okay. but in 2004, somehow, some way, found himself as the as the range um, the range marshal at the 2004 British Open at uh, Royal Troon. As a non golfer, okay, yeah. So basically, his job was to escort the players to the range yeah. and then get them to the first tee. And uh, he had. The story goes he had Greg Norman with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone, the little kid gave Greg Norman a hat to sign. Yeah. And Greg Norman signed it and he threw it like 20 feet away from the guy. Yeah. The kid. Okay. So my buddy, I think, had a few choice words to 
give Greg Norman a, bit, a yeah. bit of a, yeah. a dick move. Yeah. And so they, they, they had to separate them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, they could almost get into blows. Yeah, well, I don't I mean, it, it was not, it was, you know, he definitely told Norman what he thought of the, 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 move. the, yeah. the, the, the bad throw, the bad toss. But anyways, to make a long story short, he ended up getting fired. <laughs> Listen, Greg Norman is not an overly popular man. Yeah. He sounds by many accounts to be a bit of a Greg uh, first Nice A-hole. job, though. Well yeah. done. Uh, the 2004 Open Championship was won by US? Todd Hamilton. US, oh, the great US Todd old Hamilton. Did you win a date with him? Wasn't that a movie? I don't know. He also ended up in the pub, I think, the Thursday night and had one too many. That may have also factored into his... Uh, firing that's when he suckered Greg. anyways yeah. yeah great story oh good story all right where do you want to start here because the leafs are in a bit of a roll austin's on a roll yet uh we get news that uh, morgan riley's suspension is upheld by gary bettman at five games yeah I'll start there yeah okay um never really stood a chance did it I stood a chance to be brought back one game. Yeah, I think they had a fair did, chance. Eh? Yeah. There's an interesting note at the end of the whole ruling from the, Bettman, which, by the way, it's hilarious. There's an 11-page thing you on like this. You like the documents I printed off for you guys? Yes. So you can pour over those. Okay. I, super I, official. I skimmed through them, and there's just, like, nothing no. that you could get out of them. The only thing is that he says... Um, the NHLPA argued that the recent sixth game for David Perron should not be... Uh, or sh- should not be considered a comparator because of the pending appeal from uh, Batman. So they couldn't use the Perron case is the, is the point. And the Perron case to me is the biggest one where it's like it was so much, should have been dialed back so far from that suspension to me because of no injury, because of no history, because of so many other factors. Um, and they couldn't use that one. So yeah. that was the only noteworthy thing. The only thing that stood out for me was the, the fact that he he made it a point to say it was a perceived disrespectful disrespectful act, yeah. right? That it was perceived, but we didn't see it as anything other than just yeah. So they don't want to, and I don't really blame Batman I, I on this. The Leafs had a terrible case here. That that you can't pick and choose what you deem is disrespectful. Disrespectful if it's like it's such a fine line yeah. where we have these unwritten rules and it's like he's not going to sit there and decipher what's yeah unwritten or disrespectful only the players can do that that are on the ice yeah Bettman's ruling makes it clear that it says Shanahan and Tree Living tried to make the case that what Ridley Gregg did was provocative and tried to embarrass the Leafs or whatever which are facts Okay, yeah, which but are not, facts. But it's but not but a Bettman good case. Says they're irrelevant. Yeah. They're irrelevant facts. Yeah, he you scored know, a goal. Yeah, if you swear at me, I can't shoot you with a gun. You know, <laughs> like, it's not like what the act that precedes your action is irrelevant. You can't do that regardless of what the player said or did. You're not allowed to do what he did. So. If you're making that case, I think that holds much more water with like a former pay- player type as opposed to the commissioner of the league. Yeah. Where the and, commissioner of the league, he's like, he, so... He scored too hard? Exactly. That's and, what he's going to he look says, at you and say. It's not reflexive. It wasn't an instant reaction. Yeah. Riley had time to make his decision. Yeah. So whatever, four or five, whatever. Since this whole appeal, I, I think there's only two suspensions where he's actually brought them down. And we know the, the Spets is one of them. Yeah. And what was the other one? The clipping one? There was like a clipping one that he brought back? I only remember uh, 2012, Rafi Torres... Got suspended in the playoffs. Remember, they gave him twenty-five games, mm-hmm. and I think it was Brendan Shanahan that gave him twenty-five games, and then Bettman brought it down to twenty-one games. Does that make sense? 
Sounds about right. There yeah. was another one, though. Elliot had a couple last week in his article. There was, there was one other one? smaller one yeah. where he might have but brought there were, one. There was maybe some, Batman didn't. There was some real conspiracy theorists on the Rafi Torres one as well because they went into a shutdown for a CBA in 2012. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of people that think Gary brought it down four games. So when they renegotiate and they went through supplementary discipline, he can say, hey, uh, appeals work. Oh, oh you think so? Leave yeah. it the way it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appeals work. Right. <laughs> that would be Listen, very Gary. I would be <laughs> extremely unshocked if yeah. that were the truth. Yeah. Not a bad move. No. It, it worked because he's still in control. I saw, oh, God, was it the active stick or someone on Twitter tweeted yeah. like, you know, it's hilarious to appeal to Bebop and Rocksteady. They suspend you, and then you go to Shredder for the appeal. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, like, uh, the, the idea that you appeal to Batman is irrelevant. I, uh, it's just silly. That's I, I think the bigger conversation here now is that the Leafs are 4-0 and and on the brink of 5-0 and without Morgan Riley in the lineup. Yeah, I will say, Kip, the only Leafs conversations I've had in the last couple of days where people, the random yeah. conversations, people are like, do you make anything of, of the Leafs' record without Riley? Yes. You do? Yes. They are. 20, yeah, I do. They're twenty nine, yeah, eleven, and four. It's, it's not exactly a a small sample size no, here. But the, it's it's significant. But then the implication that you make something of it is that you think they're better off without Riley. No, I just think they're more disciplined without Riley. They play differently without Riley. They do play differently without Riley. Yes, really. And I do buy into it. Well, one thing I know for sure is you've got a couple of call-ups who are content to bang it off the glass and out and not make a mistake, and you don't always have that in the lineup. So here's what we're shaping, we're heading towards, okay. is the last year when he got hurt against the Islanders, the game that we were at last year, then he came back after however he was long, and they lost their first game against the Coyotes, and everyone's like, oh, see, he's a problem. Yeah, They're going to play tomorrow night against the uh, Arizona Coyotes, who have lost 10 games in a row. 10 in a row, they're garbage. Heading into tomorrow night with the Leafs playing really well against bad teams even, and Austin Matthews on the brink of 50, and they're probably going to win that game. And then they're going into the second half of a back-to-back where Morgan Riley returns against the Vegas Golden Knights. And I got to tell you, boys, don't like their chances in that one. <laughs> this is how it works. We're going to be having the conversation. Uh, yeah, they're going to play Vegas, Colorado, <laughs> yeah. Vegas after Riley comes back, and everyone's going to be like, he's going to be like, yeah. be like Riley, it's your guy. fault. It's your fault. It's not McKinnon shooting it off the wing and bar yeah. down. But anyways, I would like to sneak in that game against Arizona, I think, if I'm Morgan. Definitely. Would yes. like to get back but the and last get a time win that the happened, they went in rather hot. Remember that lengthy... Uh, the injury, injury that yeah, he had. they went to they went to and they did lose that game in, in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, I think it was like three years, three zip or something. They lost pretty handily. So that's they play not, some hockey teams that's coming not up. A given, but I think it's just the fact that they know who they are back there, mm-hmm. and they're not trying to do anything out of the ordinary. No one's trying to be a Morgan Riley and skate the puck coast to coast, which and must make the the coaches pull their hair out. Just do that when he's in the lineup. You'd think. You could convince these guys to be as disciplined, and there's only one green light here, and it belongs to Morgan. Yeah. But it, it, I don't know if it's contagious that once one D sees Morgan have a little bit of freedom to, to, to go behind the net or jump up on the play or, or pinch, then everybody goes along for the ride as well. Yeah, I also think there's a big pride factor where you're like, gosh, we rely on this guy so much, we don't want to get embarrassed. Like, everyone, dial up your focus, dial up whatever. We we are going to be called upon tonight. We're going to be necessary. And I think you go into the game with that mindset. Like, oh, my God, like, I'm 
Who was it? Like a couple of their guys, like Ben Was playing twenty minutes, and I think it's a necessary context for this conversation that they're also very good with Riley in the lineup. Yes, like they've also <laughs> yeah. won, like you know, like all these records without their stars. It's like yeah, they've just won a lot for more games than they've lost in the regular. They, win, they win a lot more than they lose. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at that though, twenty nine, eleven, and four since 2018, 2019 jumps off the page to you. There's just no question it jumps off the page. It does jump off the page. But I know it what doesn't, you're going to say. It doesn't jump off the page <laughs> as much as everybody's record jumps off the page except for Mitch Marner. I know. I, I honestly Explain hesitated, that one to I me. hesitated to even put it in there because I knew yeah. you'd see that, but I had to put it in there Only for context. Only one guy yeah. under 500 when he's not in the lineup. It would be legitimately interesting to go through some of like where they were at the time because it is it is notably different when right? Warner is out. Yeah, yep. just I mean, there's also the fact the that engine he's, boys. Yeah, he's a great player. You know, it hurts to not have him in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's funny. Anyways, any more about Marner there? Uh, well, did you see? I don't know if you, you probably saw our conversation yesterday. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter or not, but we were talking about how he was underrated, and Bonkus had to take that he was underrated. And I, I thought over the stretch, and I think, you know, we... It's so a just bit, basically it, saying what I no, said for the last year and no, a half. but it's a contentious... It's contentious on the show about Matthews and Marner and this whole... Like, it's always... It's good. It's Sports Talk Radio. It's supposed to be like yes. that. But I do think at this point, we can actually meet in the middle here, boys, where they're both playing really good. I don't think there's... Uh two better players on the planet right no, now. No, they are out of control. They're just, the chemistry's there. Like, Matthews is shooting it in the net all the time. But, like, they've been putting on a pillow. I think they said on the broadcast yesterday that Marner has 22 primary assists on Matthews' goals. Yeah. It's just, they are clicking. I believe they are now the Leafs' leaders, right, for assists, uh, connecting on a goal. Like, they passed like Sittler and time. McDonald yeah, all yeah, time. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's their Leaf fans are lucky right now. There, there's a reason... Coaches, coaches, Keith does not want to separate these guys. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not coaches. Yeah. Co- <laughs> I backed that coach. up. Yeah. <laughs> the only question is, is where is everybody around them? Mm-hmm. Like, is this basically the feel and the look that you're going to have to have going right into the, the stretch of the regular season and then hopefully have these guys still clicking in the playoffs? You know, I think it's really hard. It's a lot harder when you're a team that is built around one way of doing things to continue doing that thing. Like, teams take it away. They game plan for it. You know, if you're preparing to play the Leafs, you circle 34 and 16 and whoever else, maybe 88. You say you slash them every time you can. You're in front of them. You take away their speed. You know, run interference. You make life miserable. And then you say, make everyone else beat us. And then it's, it's funny Tyler though. Bertuzzi time. It's 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 funny though that St. Louis would have played them what two games in just about a week. And, exactly a week, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, Monday and, to Monday. And yet, to their credit, they took yeah. away Bobby McMahon. They took away the biggest threat. <laughs> yeah. But like, they're they're not overly physically challenged by their opponents. Those two guys. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see anyone really being like, but yeah. they will be. Well, yeah. I, I, you would think, does, you know, but I'm surprised that St. Louis would be a team that would say, okay, you take away Matthews and Marner, you get in their face, you, you rub them out a little bit here. They're, I tell they're, you. they're the ones that are going to kill you. The blues played with the heart of, I don't know, a squashed apple. It was just like, ugh, 
Both no, the games uh, against the Leafs, they had no nothing. No life. How about no. Krug? Yeah, like what happened to him? I don't know what happened to him. He was a top-notch defenseman for the Boston Bruins. Loved Krug. Warranted a long-term contract out of St. Louis. And I can't think of a worse defenseman I saw yesterday. He was brutal. And the crazy part about that is they're in the playoffs. It just tells you what about the po- the bottom half of the Western Conference. Like, they are ahead of the Predators, ahead of the Wild, ahead of the Squids. I mean, make no mistake, they are the main course for whoever th- for sure. in the first round. But, like, they are just dinner for, you know, li- whether it be Dallas, Vancouver, yeah, whoever they end up seeing. Absolutely. Okay. Um, in what, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, we're going to welcome in Gord Stelic, uh, one of our favorites here on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Uh, we'll get into... What he sees out of Matthews and Marner. In the meantime, let's go to Sheldon Keefe for our first Kippers Clipper on his overview of yesterday's hockey game. I thought we got better as the game uh, went along. It was snoozer of a first period uh, for us. Uh, better loved, obviously, the way we started the second period. Took charge of the game there, big time play by Nisey. And then uh, I thought we played a good second period. It's disappointing to take the penalty that we did and, and to get scored on like that but I thought it was a good second period for us and then third period again you know nicely draws a penalty and uh, take charge of it again with just uh, you know burying our chance there so um, all in all it's a good road game for us and we did enough enough things to win here today and I thought we played a smart game that uh, minimized uh, any sort of chances or damage that they that they could uh, inflict on us Nicey Nisey. A couple Nisey shout-outs in there. I mean, first off, that Nisey goal was. It was really, like... Nasty. But that's the potential that you saw yeah. from the moment he he left college, that he's just this big body, he could be a power forward. How, how, how good or how great remains to be seen, but that's... That's the look yeah. that, that you can do that, yeah. and that he can you know score the goal he did against Pittsburgh. Like those aren't your normal eighteen yeah. goal grinder goals, you know. Like but he's what is normal at his age is the lack of consistency yeah, or the sure. or the lack of focus uh, from shift to shift, game to game, and that's all that can be expected mm-hmm. at that. As a 21-year-old coming out of college. Yeah. Do, let's listen to Sheldon uh, say his piece on uh, on Matthew Nye's clip, too. I think he's been working and on the puck and making plays. It's a great play that he made to start the game uh, the other day against Anaheim. Pass he makes to Austin. He creates a turnover. Tries the puck deep, creates a turnover after that, and, and makes a play to the middle of the rink. Austin to finish it. That's taking charge of the first period of the Anaheim game. Today he takes charge of the second period of this game here to uh, to get us going. So that's you know that's what you're looking for. And I've seen some growth in his game for sure. Uh, I think coming out of the break, it looks like he's got a little more energy to him too, which is obviously important. Yeah, I think that en- energy is a good point. When he seems energized, he can make game-breaking plays. But when he plays a lot and starts, to, when it starts to go south for him, yeah, like that's the time to like maybe sit him out or put him on the third or fourth line, just let him have a night to chill. Yeah, but I think in an ideal world, you would be not well. Clearly, in an ideal world, he would not be on the top line. Yeah. But in an ideal world, you would have him in the bottom half of your lineup. And if he's really buzzing there during the start of then the game, you then you put him up. Yeah, you have that luxury, but you just. 
right now with the way the Leafs left wing position looks, you don't have that luxury. There's no luxury. No, there's no luxury. <laughs> you have the four and then you fill it in with everything else, yeah. basically. This is true. Like, is this the left side we envision here in three weeks? He doesn't. Nice, McMahon, Bertuzzi, and Holmberg. It's is, not terrible. I, I, they're they're missing one. Can we get Brad May? Elite guy. No, it's not good. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's that bad. They're they're missing a top six guy for sure, but they're missing other things more. So it's just not where he's going to fix it. You know, if your roof is leaking and your dishwasher's not running, you got to fix the roof first. Do you not? Yeah, I don't want. Wet dishes when they come out of the <laughs> No, I don't, I don't either, but I also don't want to live in a wet house. So <laughs> you got to prioritize what's worse. Your D is worse. Yeah. So yeah. patch the roof, and then we'll start worrying about appliances, okay? But either way, you're not hosting a party. No, you're hosting no parties. Right? There will not be any there's champagne no served at a, in a house like there's that. There's no parade. There's no balloon. <laughs> there's no music. There's no dancing. Uh, that's that's sorry, sure. folks. We're eating up paper plates. <laughs> That are wet. I think it's been more and more abundantly clear that yes, okay, you you're to your point, you have to prioritize, mm-hmm. but this this forward group, like it's it's, it's yeah, it's leaky. You really liked Marshall Rafai, did you? No, I I think I actually liked Marshall Revive. I mean, he looked he looked like a guy out of a creative player that you call like, up from the Marlies. Looks sure. like in two or three years he could maybe be a steady player. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. But like, hello, today. Yeah, we they got to win today. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. They got to they got to advance in the playoffs. Yeah, in two months, three months. Yeah, like he's four players from getting in on April nineteenth when the first round starts. I think. If there's one thing that I have been convinced of, it's that Bobby McMahon can be a a contributor to this team. Maybe not full time in the playoffs, but like a guy that. Oh, I think he can. I, I'd not still, like he's a goal scorer. No, no, but I'd still like him to be a guy that you have options where if he's yeah. really pushing, you can mix him in and out. But like, he's really showing me something over this last little bit. Like he really does look good, which but could be which could be really helpful to convince somebody to. To take him as value so you can get something that can help you win now. You think? Yes. Yes, he's to up. Me, to me, Said that during the game yesterday. Like, to are we sure we don't want to just to sell me, high right yeah. now? He's he's in play. Robertson's in play. Holmberg's in play. Like, you're going to have to give something up. If, for if sure. You I don't want to give any up of those guys. I don't care about it. Just, I just get something that is heavy and has experience. That can help you win now. Yeah. I just don't know that he isn't what you would be trying to get. You know what I mean? Like a guy who skates really well, will play his role big enough and can shoot one in the net. I think of these like teams that like Vegas had that great fourth line that could chip in here and there. But the fourth line in many ways was two years in the making, three years in the making. Yeah. But Bobby's 27, man. He's not 23. I know. But but you're asking a guy that was an AHL player. They to, wanted to him going, to play on in, on the Leafs this year. Bobby? He had a ba- he had a bad camp, and yeah. well, in their opinion. But I'm just saying, though, you can't go from the Marlies to proving that you're an everyday player in February to being a key contributor to try to win a Stanley Cup all in within nine months. Not it, a it's key very contributor. Rare. Yeah, for it's sure, for sure, for sure. But they need key tr- contributors. 
outside of yeah. the, the, the obvious. If, if, I'm if, talking about fourth line left wing. I'm it, not talking about yeah. more than that. But if another team, if I'm Brad Living and somebody's calling me and asking me like, hey, what's up with the trio of Nick Robertson and Holmberg and, like, and Bobby McMahon, kind of like, you can have Holmberg or Robertson first. Like over McMahon in, in terms, terms of the of size, year, yeah. in terms of like what he brings to them, it's a little bit more unique. You have to make the guess: Will Robertson ever become a true difference maker, a thirty-plus yeah. goal? No, because if he's going to score twenty-two goals and mm. play like he plays when he isn't scoring, we can have him, right? Mm-hmm. But like, will he ever get to another level in the NHL? He might. Yeah, he, he can get there sooner. He than can shoot it, boy. On this. On this team, I think. Yeah, me too. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, now more than ever, especially with Austin and, and and Mitch at the level that they're at, and say what you will about Willie and cooling off since he signed his $92 million, there's always that threat that he can take that puck from one end to the other and yes, do what he is. did yesterday. And his production is still way good. back up. By the still, way. He's still 100 points. Yeah. He's still 100 yeah. plus. His utter dismissal of Pontus Holmberg on that. Two, I mean, Holmberg beats everyone up the ice, and it's a great play to use him as a decoy. The goalie's Didn't thinking even, about him. Never thought about it once. But, you know, he was aware enough to use him as a, you know, whatever. Yeah. But what a wrist. Just wrister. Hofer's like, oh, you didn't pass. All right, let's ask uh, Sheldon what he thought of uh, Willie and his game, even as a PK guy. Yeah. Well, I just think with the more reps he gets, he gets more comfortable with it. You know, I think the most important thing with Willie, you know, like a lot of really top players, like their strength on the penalty kill is never going to be with the other teams in full possession and snapping it around in, in zone. Their strength is going to be on loose pucks and um, plays where they can sense the opposition is in a little bit of trouble and can anticipate and jump. And um, that's what he did tonight on a number of occasions, not just on the goal he scored, but um, that, that level of anticipation and just being strong on the puck to go the other way. Is, uh was terrific. Uh, so that's, that's a huge goal for us and a very underrated uh, effort by Holmberg to uh, sprint up the Maybe ice. Tory Crew straight up. Um, doesn't get the pass, but I think he forces the goaltender to get a lot deeper uh, on that play and then credit to Willie to recognize how deep the goalie is and just find the open space. Willie is uh, T5 now in shorties in the NHL. It's his third shorthanded goal of the year. You put him on the PK in the playoffs? Mm. Yeah, 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 for sure. I would too. He's a threat, and that's something the Leafs had for years. When it was, you know, say you about Engvall, he could skate. Mikheyev could skate. Like they had all these guys that would push it shorthanded. Obviously, Marner's a great shorthanded threat. So mm. yeah, I, I think he's valuable in that role. Um, right. go ahead, Bert. Bird on the PP. John oh. Tavares stays on the bench. Tyler Bertuzzi gets PP one reps. So I get texts from people saying, "Like Sheldon, listen to us." That's like such a radio thing to be like that. We did that for we sure. Did that. We, no, did we, that. <laughs> we did that. We did that. We told him take John Tavares yeah. off the top unit and put Bertuzzi there. Before yeah. we get into that, have you ever seen a guy miss high on from the neutral net? from the neutral zone on an empty net? Like was he trying to go bar down? I don't know. Just skate into the offensive no, zone and rip no, it along the just ice. Keep it on the ice. You but he had three more strides have, you in front of him. You don't even need the three strides. But I'm with Kip too. Like just there's no slide one between it you on and the, the net. Ice. You can't miss low. And it's in the <laughs> net. It's a great, high. It's a great point. You can't miss right? low. Like, I will it's say, baffling. The comedy of a guy who's been cursed all year 
shooting it on an empty net and hearing it bang off the end glass was quite funny. I laughed. The thought being, I guess, for him, like, just it's more natural to just kind of roll it off and let it get up a bit. Somebody put a spell on him or something. Honest God, he's been hexed. Something. It's not good. He did something. I don't get it. No, he needs to find, he needs to sacrifice someone into a volcano or something. Sound like a warm up to whenever he's missing the net. Like, oh no. All right, let's go to Keith on Bertuzzi staying on the top unit. Well, it scored four goals last game, you know, and not just that, but but Bert got one too. So I think there's a chance there to capitalize on some extra momentum. Similar, you know, similar type of mindset with Nick Mann, the way he's been going to keep him up on the third line uh, and to keep him on the power play as well. Trying to capitalize on some of that momentum uh, with, with those guys. Yeah, not not harder than play the hot hands, I guess, and yeah. try to get the hand hotter in his case. Yeah, or get it lukewarm. Yeah, get it out of the freezer. Can we just have like three in his next eleven? Sure. Like, so it's not just like a conversation every day about how he's cursed. The fact before he scored that goal, he put one off the inside of the post in On a, a manner that made me think. And, yeah. yeah, like Kipper, to your point, that he he really needs to atone for some sins or something. <laughs> he did something terrible. Yeah. Uh, you think? John's okay with it. I think at this stage of his career, he has to understand that this is about making the team better, deeper. The more success the team has in many ways, he, he can be viewed as being more successful. Does that make sense? I do. You know, and I think it's, he has to be at the point of his career. He's racked up a lot of points and I understand he still wants his points and I understand everyone does, but he is going to be judged by team success now. Right, I agree, and and I feel like part of maturity and growing up is recognizing that like he needs the Toronto Maple Leafs to win, and if that involves you know sometimes sitting out a PP or two, hopefully he understands that's for the record. If he doesn't understand that and he's the captain and prioritizes his own stats, yeah. you got a problem. And I don't think they do have a problem. Yeah, I, I, the only thing is, is it's it's a pride thing, it's an ego thing for sure, and it, it's just. From the moment he put on skates, I'm sure at age seven, yeah. with the Marlies and the GTHL to World Juniors to the Islanders, he's always been the top guy. But this is a theme. It's not easy pill to swallow, even at his age. Right. But this is a theme of the Leafs, of your career, of people accepting that I lit it up in yeah. junior, but to stay, I need to do something different. To be important, I need to do something different. Bobby yeah. McMahon has scored two at levels, but he to stay with the, the Leafs, he yeah. doesn't need to score. He needs to hit and forecheck. Same with yeah, no Marshall Rafai. Yeah. Same with I, I don't know about that. I don't know what's that. He he needs he still needs to score. He's making eleven million bucks. No, he Bobby needs, McMahon. Oh, oh you're talking about for, Tavares? Okay, yeah, yeah. For Tavares, yeah. there's definitely a level. He, of, he, he needs, needs he needs to kind of keep some level of right importance for I, sure. I agree with that but i'm just saying there's a humility it's a tough pill to swallow yeah. that sometimes you need to do less so the team can do more yeah. he i'm not saying don't score but yeah. yeah he needs to accept that his role is different than it was two years ago or should be did you guys notice i know you always notice this kind of thing that when he came off for the second unit with 30 seconds or 25 seconds or whatever he came flying off the bench, picked a guy's pocket, and just yeah. ripped one high. Like he yeah. looked like the hungriest guy <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. I was like, "Oh, yeah. and that's not a bad thing either." Yeah, maybe he uh. is not as okay with this as yeah. we thought. He doesn't have two minutes. No, yeah, go get it done quicker. Yeah, efficiency time. Yeah, I, you know, I just just for you know, we we're talking about the bottom six and guys that could mix in and trade for or whatever. Just checking 
Corey Perry's four points in eight games plus two. Nine Pims, 13 minutes a night. Yeah, they got him playing no. with McDavid, dude. Yeah, no, no one talking about anything. Just, it's all gone away. Probably could have done that here. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I don't know if you could have done that here, different pal. Pill. Different pill to swallow in this market yeah. with him still coming in. I know. But. He's been good. You know. And they love him. But so. just, just to wrap up on John Tavares, he's, he's still going to have to hold his own behind Matthews, though, yeah. somehow, some way, which is. Less time might be good there. The only concerning part is go back and find his last five-on-five goal. Has he still not had one? I don't. You tell me. I think it's it's been a very long time. Sam's on it. So if he's not, it's been not many over a long time. If he's not going to see a lot of power play time from here on end, do you still believe he can be a driver behind Matthews? Are you asking me about this year or next year? Now, now, yeah. I don't know. Do you his think he's last, a driver now? His his last uh, even strength goal is a concern for me. Yeah, I don't even care if it was a week ago. It's one over the past three months. Can or he something. drive? Can he still drive a second line? I I don't know if he can. I think play with last, Willie, he can chip in. I think his last five on five goal, if I'm not mistaken, or even strength was December twenty third, twenty three. Two months. Yeah, I think that's correct. It's hard. It's a, it's a it's hard to score. We know it's a hard league to score well, except for Austin. Watching, yeah. Except for Austin. Yeah. Just yeah. dumps it in the net like yeah. it's a dumping. The, you want to you want to advance in the playoffs, you need two strong yeah. lines. Particularly when the other team does what I talked about off the opening of the show where they say him and him we're going to tackle those guys and make other guys beat us. It's eyeballs to Tavares. Do they need to experiment with JT on the left side a little bit more here. Would you consider Willie in the middle? Just flipping them on the same line? Yep. <laughs> Just to kind of loosen it up a little bit for him. Uh, less responsibility, less yeah. work, less down lows. I don't know. That's, that's it's going to break. It's a terrifying thing to be like, yes, Willie, D-zone center. Okay. <laughs> Just like that, half an hour. We'll let you all know after the break. When we return with Gord Stellick, former general manager of the Leafs, up next on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Teeing up the biggest games of the night, it's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. We're back. It's The Real Kipper and Bourne Show, Leaf Edition. All right, let's welcome in Gord Stellick, Toronto Maple Leaf analyst for Sportsnet 590, the fan, and of course, best known as former general manager of your Toronto Maple Leafs. Ladies and gentlemen, Gord Stellick. Kippy, Justin. Wow. That was pretty good, eh? How that are you? That was. Yes. So, okay, Gord, we haven't been a, we've been on the air like 30 minutes. We haven't figured out why uh, the Leafs win without Morgan Riley. So, you, you tell us. Well, or without Austin Matthews, without all those guys. Their records are way better without all those guys. I think, uh, I really do think, and I don't know how long it's sustainable, and Kippy, you'd be a great example of this, that when, and I, I maintain that, even, you know, we didn't have big winning teams when I was around by and large, but people would go, oh my God, you're missing all these individuals. And quite often we'd come up with our best hockey back then. And I, I really, whether it's Bobby McMahon 
whether it's Nick Robertson, whatever it may be. Last year, they had three defensemen out with uh, Morgan Riley, um, TJ Brody, and Jake Muzzin, and Justin Hall played his best hockey. Giordano played a ton. You know what I mean? It just seems to be you get the chance and you rise to the occasion and in the short term anyway, you know, almost like a coaching change that quite often you get a short-term bounce. So I think that's kind of part of it. Uh, I, you know, Bobby McMahon, what a great example against that St. Louis game. I wasn't going to dress and, and, and got the hat trick. So hopefully this means this kind of jumping up now, can that mean a deeper playoff team, a more balanced team in the playoffs, which is what they've been lacking most years. We'll have to wait to see that, but certainly guys have seized the opportunity. One of those guys who's been given a little bit more opportunity and thriving, Bobby McMahon, shooting in the net just all the time, all of a sudden, which is pretty cool. Seems to have uh, growing confidence. The The guys are kind of giving him a hard time. He feels like he's becoming more a part of this club. Is what he's doing, I understand the goals aren't sustainable, but him being a valued member of the team, something you can see lasting into a playoff run? Well, and even the, you know, that empty net goal where he got away giving Tory Krug a mugging. That's yeah, nice, you know, <laughs> no, the refs let him have one. Well, you know, like last year in the first round of the playoffs, Michael Bunting's hit on, I think on Chernak, unfortunately took him out mm-hmm. and that was, and got him suspended. And I mean, you don't want the suspensions, but you do, you do need that element of the game. And Nassim Kadri gave it to you again. He went too far in the playoffs, but you do need, as as uh, as as Brad Living talked about it, a little bit more sandpaper, a little bit more grit, some gristle. So I, I'd like that he can bring that. Even and again, you go back to the Morgan Riley thing, getting the appropriate reaction from anybody after a shot like that. I mean, these are the little things that I find really matter. And Bobby McMahon, um, I didn't realize. I mean, I don't know if his offensive stats can keep up that way, but if he brings that kind of dimension, he could find a really good niche that you need here. We're talking to Gord Stellick, former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, analyst for Sportsnet 590, the fan. So, Gord, we've got Austin Matthews on, like, an historic pace. And you have covered the Leafs as long as anyone in terms of, you know, the modern Leafs coming out of their 67 Stanley Cup historically. Where do you put this? And is it almost as if Leaf fans are, are a little guarded here, maybe because of the lack of playoff success that we... They, they're not truly absorbing what they're seeing yet? So it's an interesting question. And, you know, and Justin, you also brought up a good point about that last week when we were chatting. So first of all, even in the original six era, the Leafs had a lot of team success, but they were not winning Hart trophies or Art Ross trophies or Norris trophies. You know, they, they really didn't so much and compared to some of the other, like the Montreal Canadiens, Detroit Red Wings, for example, back then. So... Uh, this is really unique in Toronto. And I think last week, Justin's point was, you know, Kippy, the three of us 20 years from now, Lord willing, we're sitting around and we're going to be talking about some phenomenal Leaf players, probably the greatest player ever in Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner should be considered right up there as well. Who knows where Willie Nylander goes? And, and this really is a special, fun, enjoyable, talented era about those elite players. But again, it'll be there'll be that element of emptiness if there is no playoff success forthcoming. And, you know, right now, they're not the age that the Tampa Bay Lightning players are, which are seeing the effects of that. They're still in their prime. But, oh, my God, if the Florida Panthers now pass them, are they the new kids on the block? Are we ever going to see that in Toronto, those sustained and deep playoff runs? But you, you can't lose track about this is the, this is probably the greatest Leaf player ever, Austin Matthews. 
this may be the greatest offensive output season ever by a Toronto Maple Leaf player. And then you throw Marner, Nylander, and the others in there. It's something pretty special. Yeah, it's funny. We uh, we actually didn't talk about Matthew's goals. I don't think at all in the first half an hour because Kip and I did it for 20 minutes before the game yesterday. So we, we talked about it at nausea, but barely mentioned it today. And the guy had four goals since we last had a show. Pretty impressive stuff. Um, you know, we, we also have talked pretty regularly about the goaltending with you. Ilya Samsonov was pretty good last game. I didn't think overly tested, but uh, I mean... Could you get to a point where you go, okay, I, I think Sam and JD talked about he's the real starter over Joe Wall on the weekend. Maybe bunked it. Is that bunked right? it. Bunked it? Okay. What are your thoughts on where Samsonov's at? Yeah, you got to watch Sammy and that with his uh, off-the-wheels project. He gets excited about anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. The guy makes two You're saves. Right. <laughs> um, so I always felt great about Freddie Anderson, and he never delivered in the playoffs. These guys, I don't feel great about, but as long as one of them could do it, and I believe they can, then that's all you need. And I, have we talked? Is there a Matt Murray sighting too as well? Like, I mean, I'm I'm not thinking he'd be there, but I, I mean, he may even be around as well. But, yeah. but I, yeah, Joe Wall, I think is going to be their first really developed goaltender since Felix Potvin. Uh, I really like what I saw. I give Samsonov tons of credit about and the team about how they handled it. I don't know if Martin Jones can do it in the playoffs, but he certainly came up at a critical time. So they've they've all come through in different measures. So can one of them give you, or maybe two, because Bobrovsky didn't start the first game for uh, last year for Florida, and Vegas went through two goaltenders as well, give you a minimum good enough goaltending to win playoff games or ideally steal an odd playoff game or steal a series. Felix Potvin got three shutouts in one series in 1994 against Chicago. I mean, that's what you'd love to see at some point, different ways that you find ways to win playoff series. And I believe these guys can do it. Uh, am I doing cartwheels? Well, I don't do cartwheels for starter, but uh, <laughs> do I have some trepidation? Do I say, uh, you got to show me? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm in that particular boat. But we look at the East, Gord, and we say, who exactly is doing cartwheels lately? The Boston Bruins have gone south in the last couple of weeks, and so has their, their goaltendings, uh, you know, come down to earth. You mentioned Bobrovsky, and yes, he, he's been good lately. Yeah. But would you put the last four years up against the last year and a half and, and, and be totally confident that he's still going to get the job done? And then Shesterkin, I'm watching the outdoor game, and I'm watching Bo Horvat put the puck right through him. Yeah, And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, if the Leafs aren't feeling that great about their goaltending, well, guess what? So are a lot of other teams. Well, and, and you add Vasilevsky to the mix as well. You know, that's a real good point about, you know, Shesterkin had that phenomenal season that he's not quite replicated. Uh, and then Vasilevsky, I know the players ranked him in their poll as the number one goaltender, but even last year in the playoffs, that was a, for him an ordinary playoff. So it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you know, Chicago won that one playoff when Corey Crawford just got criticized every playoff round and they just went and won it anyway because he gave them good enough goaltending to win it. I'm I'm thinking of the days of, you know, a, a goaltender actually being the story in the playoffs, right? Being the guy. And I, I really don't can't think of so many in recent history that that's been the Patrick Watt type story when he was a player or what have you. So, again, it's, it's, it's just good enough to win, to keep you in the game, not cost you any games. Because you look at it, there, there's Lundqvist is gone. Carey Price is gone. Pekka Rene is gone. I don't know if it's because a lot of elite goaltenders left at the same time or what it is. But you don't, you're right, you don't have that 
wow, that wow factor about that number of quantity of NHL goaltenders like we did a decade or two ago. Well, speaking of a decade or two ago, or even past that, Gord, uh, you know, Marshall Rafai plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, and he, I mean, they're without Riley, Giordano, Klingberg, if you like, Legison, Timmins. Like, he's probably their 12th guy on the depth chart. You know, what would have looked like when you played Kip and Gord, when you were the GM, if you called up the 12th best defenseman in your organization? Like, do these orgs deserve some credit for having guys that far down who can step in and look pretty capable? Boy, yeah, you know, um, I think I'd be broadcasting a lot sooner if you're down to your 12th defenseman. <laughs> yeah. then. Like maybe, I, I, re- I remember once we made a trade just for a body, uh, and that's why I always talk about that, that last year he might have had to do that, Kyle Dubas, when he had three defensemen injured. We got a guy named Mike Stuthers who played for Hershey in mm-hmm. the Philadelphia organization. We had to do that. Uh, we called up a junior before, like Daryl Shannon. I think, I'm not sure if DJ Smith got called up when he was a, a junior or not, but but we're talking about eight, nine, ten. I mean, it, it, it's the toughest position to learn to play. And one thing that's changed too, Justin, is they're really being taught how to play in the minors. They're coming out so well taught now. Yeah. Whether it's NCAA junior, you could argue maybe too much sometimes. But you know that sometimes that you threw them on your American League team, it was a crony of the general manager was coaching. There wasn't a lot of teaching. You know, there was no, there weren't even assistant coaches. So you plunked them up there and you said, okay, uh, go on the deep end of the pool and see what happens. But that is uh, that that and, and and again let's 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 have it matter in the playoffs. Let's find the depth in the playoffs that you can throw four lines out there. That Austin Matthews isn't playing twenty eight minutes and and Mitch Marner isn't playing twenty seven minutes and on and on and on. Let let let's find that because that's always a difference maker in the team that ultimately wins it. So saying that, Gord, you're on board that Tree Living and Shanahan got to do whatever it takes at the trade deadline to 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 beef this thing up here. You've got two of the hottest scorers on the planet in Marner and, and Matthews. They're in their prime. Willie looks like he could still score even if he disappears for 57 minutes. He could still break a game open with one dash down the ice. You have to do whatever it takes now if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs to get ready for, for the playoffs. What, what, what does that what does that statement mean? Whatever first, it takes. First rounders, first rounders, prospects outside of maybe Nyes or or Cowan. No. no, no yes. Uncle. uncle no. 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 I'm out. No more. No. 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 You're gonna sit no. and wait yeah, for yeah. another three years, Gord, if you don't go for it this year. What? What do you, what do you talk about? What, how did it happen the last few years when they gave up stuff? I'm sorry that it won't be the same headlines for Sportsnet and the fan. Like, wow, the Leafs do whatever, that they're instead at the back thing. And by the way, the Leafs got Neil Padoink for, I know it's Pionk, whatever. You know, (laughs) so I'm just saying, make some smart depth moves. Those quite often are the ones that, you know, hey, Ron Hainsey in Pittsburgh, Trevor Daly in Pittsburgh, Steve Thomas years ago with the Anaheim Ducks, whatever. Those kind of ones. You cannot keep giving up assets. It has not worked. The big guns have to be the leaders there and other guys have to come up and play and get the opportunity to show they can de- provide the depth or not. I'm so happy you're not the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. A lot of people are very we need happy. need to come up action. Right you would make our show so boring, Gord Stellick. But not this show. No. He doesn't make our no, real no, show no, boring. No, 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 Always yeah, bringing no. it to the, to the fans. Well, okay, but who are they supposed to get? Who are they getting, Kippy? Who are they getting? Oh, I I still think that they need Tanov more than anything else out there. Morgan, when Morgan returns, he needs a guy like Chris Tanov to play beside him. That's what I think. Well, and 
I, I'd like it. I remember years ago they couldn't get they couldn't get uh, Rob Blake. They were going to take him as a hired gun, but he would not hire. He would not sign beyond. And of course, he wasn't. Going Tanev to will have no problem signing here. Well, okay. Well, Bring then, me Tanev. I would. I would look at that. I'm not backing down, Kippy. Okay. Because I'm still it's up on, like we can't keep every year. Ryan O'Reilly to the rescue. Da 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 da. Nick Foligno. Da 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 da. Giordano. Da da. Come on, that's a bad horse impersonation. All right. But you, you know, <laughs> we gotta. They got the big guns. They're the guys. Okay. They get the Stanley Cup first if you get it. The others are complementary pieces. All right. Good enough. Until next week, we'll bring you back and we'll see if you changed your mind. Okay. Okay. Gord Stalick, everybody. Thanks, Gordo. Appreciate it. See you guys. The Leafs are in on Tanov. They're on the outside looking in right now. There's better offers. Uh, you know, one of my real opinion on the Tanov thing, they should just give him the first right now and get him. They should just do it. Listen. He'll resign here. You'll keep him. You know how better Morgan Riley gets with that guy beside you? And all of a sudden, then your pair is you can do, you know, Benoit, McCabe, and Brody with Lilligan. Yes. And then he blocks the you know? shot with his face. Yes. I say, I say give up the first form. Oh. You'll sign him to four and a half, five million dollars for the next. Oh. No, it'll be fine. Bro, <laughs> Brody's <laughs> gone. There'll be a lot of guys gone. You'll be fine. Is Brody part of the trade? No. Well, no, the, the, money the salary will disappear, right, okay. for next year. That's all. They'll make it work. It's easy. Money in, money out. No problem. Okay, still plenty more on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Sean Reynolds, as we discuss Winnipeg and Minnesota. Remember last time what happened? I do. We'll let you know after we take a break. More real Kipper and Bourne coming up next.